Good morning for Friday, September 17, 2010. This is the New York Times Audio Digest, presented by Audible. Here's what's on the front page this morning. War's progress may define leaders' ties. In California, a showdown on emissions and poverty rate jumps sharply, the census reports. In today's national headlines, at 103, a judge who wants to retire feet first. Cartoonist goes into hiding after death threats, and biologists scour west for grizzlies, if any are left. In today's business news, the U.S. steps up its criticism of China's economy. An FDA panel urges denial of Arena's diet drug, and GM chief says Treasury will sell its stake over time. There will, of course, be more business news, more national and international stories as well, a roundup from the sports page, and New York Times columnist David Brooks. Now, from the editors of the New York Times, here are the stories on today's front page. The top stories titled, War's Progress May Define Leaders' Ties. When President Obama descended into the White House Situation Room on Monday for his monthly update on Afghanistan and Pakistan, the new top American military commander, General David Petraeus, ticked off signs of progress. Come December, when the president intends to assess his Afghan strategy, he will be able to claim tangible successes, Petraeus predicted, according to administration officials. The general said that the American military would have substantially enlarged the secure area around Kabul. It will have expanded American control farther outside of Kandahar, the Taliban heartland, and the aides recalled the general said the military would have reintegrated a significant number of former Taliban fighters in the south. He essentially promised the president very bankable results, one administration official said. But even inside an administration that is pinning its hopes, both military and political, on the accuracy of the general's report, there are doubters. Obama has been getting far more pessimistic assessments from intelligence officials and regularly reviews maps that clearly show how the Taliban have spread into regions where they've never had a major presence before. And some military officers caution that the security and governance crisis in Afghanistan remains so volatile that any successes may not be sustainable. How that tension plays out in coming months, the guarded optimism of a popular general leading an increasingly unpopular war, and the caution of a White House that prides itself on a realism that it says President George W. Bush and his staff lacked, will probably define the relationship between Obama and his field commander. Petraeus, who led the Iraq surge and was a favorite of Bush, has slowly worked himself into the good graces of a president once wary of him. So far, the two men appear to be meshing well, advisors say. Both are meticulous, even-keeled, and matter-of-fact, and both like to do their homework. Since Petraeus took on the commander's job in June, several aides said, Obama has struck a more deferential tone toward him than he used with General Stanley McChrystal, Petraeus's predecessor. Often during pauses in meetings, one White House official said, Obama will stop and say, Dave, what do you think? Like no other figure today, Petraeus has stepped into General Colin Powell's shoes as the face of the military to ordinary Americans, particularly now as the White House extols the end of the American combat mission in Iraq. For Obama, that may be both a blessing and a curse. Petraeus has made clear that he opposes a rapid pullout of troops from Afghanistan beginning next July, as many of the president's Democratic allies would like. Some in the White House, with an eye on the 2012 presidential election, fear that the general may already be laying the predicate for keeping a large force in Afghanistan for a long while.